Good morning. I've, uh, I've entitled my message this morning, Don't Give Up, because I want to talk about perseverance. Now, the Bible is full of accounts of stories of people uh, who persevered through trial and trouble. The Apostle Paul, for example, was a great example of, of that, and he was tasked with preaching the good news of God and of Jesus. Now, these people that preached and teach, they had... Um, quite an ability to keep going no matter what was done to them. Another example of that in the Old Testament was uh, the prophet Jeremiah. He was a great example of perseverance, and we should follow his example too, proclaiming God's message to those who would hear his faithfulness to share God's revelations to an unfaithful nation is an amazing example to persevere in preaching, teaching, and sharing the truth of God. Now, the writers of the New Testament were inspired by these people as they look back at the history of their people and what they did to proclaim the truth of God and others like Jeremiah who'd gone before. Now, the stories of these giants of faith uh, encouraged the New Testament believers to and spurred them on to just keep going and persevering through everything they went through and preaching and proclaiming the truth of God no matter what the cost was to them. So my text this morning is James uh, 1, James 1, 2 to 4, and it says this in the NIV. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, the key people in the book of James are obviously James himself, but also the persecuted church, the early Christians. Now, James wrote this book particularly to Jewish believers to encourage them to endure, to keep going, not give up, to live bold Christian lives. Now, it is plausible that these believers were the early Jerusalem church, who after um, Stephen's death, when he became the first martyr, they were spread about everywhere, they were spread abroad. Now, as a leader of the Jerusalem church, James wrote as a pastor to instruct and encourage his dispersed people and all the difficulties and troubles that they faced, he wrote to encourage them. Now, he and others like Paul and even the author of Hebrews wrote and encouraged the early church to, uh, with quite radical words, really, if you think about it, when, even if you read this letter, what, what James wrote there, uh, where he said, when he's talking about the, the things and the troubles and trials they went through, he used words like, consider it pure joy testing of your faith and let perseverance finish. So I want to look at those three things this morning. So first of all then, consider it pure joy. So James 1.2 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now I'm not sure when, when you think of the word joy, um, that words like testing or trials or even persecution is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, now we may think of family, friends, um, cute puppies or baby's laughter, for example, but not the trials of life. Now, the word joy in the Greek, because the New Testament was predominantly written in Greek, um, has these kind of different meanings. It has joy, of course, but gladness, cheerfulness, and a calm delight. I love that, calm delight. Now, these words aren't usually associated with trial and tribulation, but they can be accomplished through Jesus. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love for us has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us 
Now, the, the words there, it says more than that, refers to the, the text just before in verse 2. It says, through him who's Jesus. It says, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope in the glory of God. We stand in grace. And, that, you know, grace is amazing. Literally, as that hymn says, it is amazing because God gives us what we don't deserve. And that should fill us with joy. That should fill us with joy. No matter what we're going through or sacrifice we make for Jesus, it's nothing compared to what he has planned for us. The access to this grace in which we stand makes us rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The glory of God that has been revealed, that is Jesus and the salvation of the world. Jesus suffers to bring us a life of love, peace and forgiveness, both now and perfected in eternity. And he said that, we would suffer for the message of the gospel. But as, in, uh, as it says in 1 Peter 4, 13, it says, we must rejoice in as far as you share in Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Okay, so the second one here was the testing of your faith. James 1, 3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There was a guy called uh, George Muller. He was a Christian evangelist and the director of the Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol. And he said these words. He says, to learn strong faith is to endure great trials. I have learned my faith by standing firm amidst severe testings. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul encourages the believers to stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Likewise, we must persevere in our faith. Don't give up. We must continue to run the race to finish it. We cannot waver, especially with something as important as our faith and the gospel. We cannot change. We cannot move. We must stand firm. We must be not blown around with every new idea, thought or philosophy. We need to study the scriptures in its intended context. Make sure that we have a true understanding of what we are believing. Make sure that we have a sound doctrine and thorough theology. To persevere in our faith, we must understand what we are persevering in and who we are persevering for. If we build on something that is weak, it will not last. It will not stand. When it's tested, it won't stand. If it's not strong and built on something solid, we must understand the truth that is within scripture. Know the truth. Know the Saviour more closely because he is our solid rock. If our faith is tested, if we suffer for the gospel, let us be tried by God first because the fire by which he tries us will refine us and make us more and more like Christ. If we remain steadfast, trust in God and persist in what we are doing and be in our present difficulties, whatever they are, or our pains, because we know what the outcome is going to be. Only when there's a secure hope rooted with the faithfulness of God that we'll be able to weather the storms of life and the testing of our faith. We need to stand firm and not be moved. And then the, the other one was let perseverance finish its work. So James 1.4 says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So again, having a look at the, the, the Greek there these the words uh, the word complete has um, a couple of different meanings which I really like it says complete in every part so we know complete means complete but in every part it says also sound and perfect perseverance needs to finish what it started it needs to be perfected 
when we first receive the message of the good news of Jesus, it's super exciting, isn't it? It's, it's so amazing. We are, we are renewed, full of zeal. We, um, we are full of passion, fueled by emotion and sentiment. But like any marathon, the beginning, the starting it is the easy bit. But wait until you hit mile 20. The test of a good marathon runner is, did they make it to the end? Did they keep going? Did they not give up? Did they push through the wall when they hit the wall? Did they keep going till the end? Likewise, we are encouraged in Scripture to train, to run the race, to win the prize of faith, to stick with it till the end, to persevere. Now, the 19th century English theologian called uh, Charles Ellicott says this about the verse in James that we are reading. He says, The conscious strength of patient trust in God is able to say at all times, My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And that's from Psalm 63, verse 8. We do not face the trials alone. We cling to Jesus, who is the only way to the Father. He upholds us. And our perseverance is perfected through trials. And we don't do those alone. The Holy Spirit leads us, guides us, transforms us, just as Jesus did his first disciples, which is why they were able to face everything that came against us then, because they knew Jesus was with them. And we can do the same because we know through the Holy Spirit, God is with us. The Christian life cannot be made perfect unless we can withstand these attacks, these trials, these persecutions. And through those, we are becoming more like Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit who strengthens us through all of this. And so we need to, as, as Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation or trial and constant in prayer. So if you're listening today and you come across someone, you know, come across a Christian friend of yours, if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian and you come across someone who is talking to you about Jesus, you know, that they're telling you that, um, you know, you need to be forgiven of your sin or use words, things like repent or um, that Jesus is the only way. They're not doing it out of judgment to judge you. They're doing it out of love because Jesus came to die for us. I remember watching something where they gave an example of a, a plane heading towards a, cr- a mountain to crash. And uh, the guy was saying to the other person, Look, you need to put a parachute on. We need to jump to be rescued. And he says, no, it's my life. You can't judge me. You can't tell me what I need to do. He said, no, 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 you need to. We're, gonna, we're going to crash. You need to put a parachute on. We need to jump to escape. No, you cannot tell me what I need to do. It's my life. But he's doing it to rescue his friend. He's doing it to save him. So how much more is it love to warn someone about the coming judgment of God? A judgment that God himself has made a way to avoid through Jesus. So when someone preaches the gospel, it is out of love. And to the believers watching today, all you Christians, family of God, I want to encourage you with the words of an old song. And it's not that old, but it's old. Um, But as you'll recognize it, hopefully. It's called, Lord, prepare me. And it says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. I know some of you are singing it now, I know. And it says, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Are we able to say those words, Lord, I'm willing to be a sanctuary, tried and true? Are we able to say, take my life as a sacrifice? Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you, brothers, And sisters, in in the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship, or as others translate it, as rational or reasonable service. 
This giving our lives to him is our spiritual worship, is the service that is required to love him and to love others. As living sacrifices, we have laid down our lives to say to him, Lord, have your way. We are able to be perfected by the perseverance of our faith and through Christ. We can have full joy in whatever happens because we know whatever happens, he is with us through it all. I mentioned uh, Paul at the beginning of this message. So as I finish now, I want to encourage you with some words that Paul wrote. He embodies uh, what it means to persevere through faith. He went through all kinds of trials. He went through prison. He went through um, beatings. He went through shipwrecks. He went through all kinds of stuff for the gospel. And his letter in the New Testament tells a story that is a crucial example, a great example of perseverance in the Bible that we must follow. And this scripture I want to end with. It's Philippians 3, verse 7 to 12, and it says this. But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God which depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings, because like him, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or am already perfect, but I press on, don't give up. He presses on, don't give up to make my own, to make it my own, because Christ has made me his own. So today, let us be encouraged, let's encourage one another to keep going, to press on towards the prize, press on to what he is calling us, no matter what it costs. Jesus will hold you in this life. So persevere till the end to receive your prize. In Jesus' name, amen.